Deadly oranges. Are you about to eat two of those? Maybe. That's a serving. You better, okay with that? You better save your appetito. I've only had a banana and like. a scoop of peanut butter today. <laughs> big ol' big ol' sucker tonight. So. You only had a banana today? Mm-hmm. Why? Oh, I could I definitely you tell you, but I probably bowl. shouldn't. I know you did, but we had that last night. Oh, are you getting wedding dress? Something like that. Wedding dress bod? Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to Unpopular. I have a fun show today for anybody that watched Love is Blind season three because they did a whole big deep dive hour long recap of the whole season with Glenn from the Rare Candy Pod. I hope you guys did watch the show because it was amazing. Even if you don't usually watch dating shows, this one is special. I feel like everyone likes this. I've had a lot of messages from people on Instagram like all week going, oh, I know you've been talking about Love is Blind, but I didn't watch it. But then I watched this season and now I'm obsessed and now I'm going back and watching the old seasons. It's very relatable in a way that reality TV isn't these days and relatable in a good way, not in a boring way of like, you know, stars, they're just like us, like real shit where you're watching and you're like, oh my God, I've gone through this or I've dated this kind of person or this is how I would act in this situation and I can't believe they put their foot in their mouth. It's just, it's really good. And real talk, the last five minutes of season three with Cole and Zeneb eating oranges is hands down one of the best scenes I've ever seen in reality TV. It was so fucking real. Like, you could play that scene in college courses and have people study it. Actually, prediction, I'm not even kidding. I, they will, because I know they do courses on, like, Beyonce and shit like that. So someone's going to use this as, like, in a psychology course or behavioral studies, whatever, and they're going to study this scene. That's how fucking real it is. Like, you would not think that two people talking about eating an orange before going out to dinner could have so much behind it. I mean, it's up there with, like, Kim Richards and Lisa Rinna. I brought the bunny at the Beverly Hills reunion. Like, sometimes these seemingly very small gestures and moments can just mean so much. Who are we as men? Who are we as women? Who are we as lovers? Who are we as a society? Well... Watch Colin Zeneb eating an orange to find out. Speaking of Netflix, I have not watched Lindsay Lohan's Christmas movie yet, but I did see that it was like number one when I uh, logged in to watch Love is Blind. I have been checking out her press rounds and everyone's acting like she's made this huge comeback. Like she's just landed the lead role in like White Lotus or the new Avengers sequel, something like that. It's like, um, it's kind of sad. Like someone that was touted as the, you know, best next best top actress of her generation and now she's has the lead in like a christmas movie that Haley duff probably would have turned down like this is lacey chabert level lacey chabert is famous for doing all these like hallmark shitty hallmark movies and christmas movies now Lindsay's on that level so i don't know kind of sad but shade aside she does look really 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 good in the press rounds like she looks beautiful. It's the best I've seen her look in years. She just looks really good. She was on Good Morning America in this, like, it's kind of very insane pantsuit. It was multicolored, like, had bright yellow patches and bright red, and she just looked very cool and stylish and pretty, like the old days. Remember, she was, like, for about five minutes, she was sort of like a bit of a fashionista. It was giving me that. They also put her on the cover of Cosmo's um, The Work Issue. I don't know why Cosmo has a The Work Issue, but she was on the cover of it, which is hilarious because she's barely worked in 10 years. I mean, she's actually like famous for having a bad work ethic. That's kind of her thing, like that she would go out partying all night, getting high and show up to set 
like hungover and wasted and couldn't do her lines. Like even her Oprah reality show that she did back in the day, which is um, very iconic. That was her fresh out of jail. And it was like, no, fresh out of rehab or jail. One of them, I don't know, she was out of something and she was like, I'm getting my career back on track. And then she was just a nightmare and wouldn't show up to anything. And half of that, that reality show is just the crew standing on the side of the street. Like, is Lindsay coming down to film? And she'll like lock herself in her room. So yeah, I don't know where this work ethic is coming from, unless they mean her work as a celebrity um, companion in Eastern Europe and Dubai. She's had a lot of work over there and good for her. I mean, it's like when I talked last week about that Syrian singer Lamas Khan and I was like, hey, she has this bougie life in Dubai, but she's not out here, you know, getting shit on for a few grand from Saudi princes, okay? She's like living the high life. That's what Lindsay's doing in Dubai. She's being wined and dined as arm candy for wealthy elites who just want the clout of having, you know, a celebrity friend that they can go, hey, look, I'm with Lindsay Lohan. So she's probably living her best life over there. And uh, I think she made a smart decision to leave Hollywood for Dubai. And she kind of got in there early, I feel like, before everyone was doing the Dubai thing. Actually, I think before Dubai, she was hanging out with like weird Russian oligarchs and stuff. Anyway, she's married to a Middle Eastern man now. So she has the right idea. Like last week, I said, I love my Middle Eastern men. She's married to 35-year-old financier from Kuwait, which is what I'm after. I mean, that's my vibe. So good for her. Um, By the way, thanks to my new patrons, Julia, Mia, Ian, Ivy, Fred, Catherine, Helena, and Carmen. Um, I did another Patreon the other day. I was just ranting about the midterms because they were just, I don't really like care that much. I was just like, I was more like ranting about like, why do people even care so much? Um, everyone's shit. And then I reviewed Bethany's new Housewives podcast and I covered some other Housewives shows and Netflix is selling Tampa that got cancelled. The cast are saying it's because of racism. Obviously, it's not because of racism, but, you know, that's what they're saying. So, we got into that. Um, thanks to everyone who's leaving me nice reviews for the pod. I had a few more pop up. There's this one person that repeatedly is leaving me bad reviews constantly. Like, I think they've reviewed the pod four or five times at this point, and it's just always a one star about... You know, I'm so problematic, I'm so stupid, I don't know anything, I'm so racist. And then when I had Kiki from the Talk of Shame on the pod, they re-reviewed me and they're like, they gave me three stars and they're like, oh, he's actually not that bad. And then they went back last week and then did a new review of like, you know, uh, he's so unintelligent, um, I think because I was defending old school, you know, WWF slash WWE. I said that I missed when it was really crazy and was made for adults and was politically incorrect. And this person didn't like that. First of all, why are you still listening to me and caring? Like, if you hate me this much, like, why do you care what I think about old WWE from 25 years ago? You hate me. Like, you've made it clear leaving me reviews. I mean, one review is enough. Like, I don't need five reviews telling me how shit I am. Just, like, say it once. It's fine. I understand the value of a hate listen. I have a few hate listens myself, but even with my hate listens, I briefly dip into their content every, like, couple of months, every two, three months, and then I bounce. I'm not subscribed. I'm not waiting for the new episode to drop. You know, I'm not sitting here, like, waiting to hear, like, what has Meghan Markle said this week? You know, what has AG said? What has... Bethany's just be said like, yeah, I'll dip in when it's like relevant for me to talk about on my pod or something. I'm not like, you know, sitting there 
obsessed like waiting for these people to come out unless it's like for the show okay i just have a laugh and then i keep moving on um so you don't need to leave me a new one-star review every time i say something you don't like I, i get it you hate me i'm racist you know move on um the review they dropped this week is just wrong and just dumb like it was just so stupid I have such dumb haters, honestly. I'm sure there's smart people that hate me too. I'm not saying everyone that hates me is dumb. Like, a lot of people that hate me are fucking dumb. But the smart people that hate me, they're just going to kind of, like, roll their eyes at me and go, oh, that Australian guy is so fucking annoying. And they're just going to, like, unsubscribe and move on. They're not, like, white-knuckling my pod every week. Like, what has he said now? And then, like, racing to, like, furiously type out a review. Like, they've got better things to do. Also, on um, the other side of things, I think I was bashing some, like, conservative stuff on Instagram this week. I was going in on Matt Walsh. I might have bashed Trump, too. I'm not sure. Maybe I trashed Trump on Patreon. I don't know. I said something about Trump. And then um, I'm getting people messaging me, like, you know, Trump's the best. Uh just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. So it's like, okay, so one minute I'm like, you know, I'm a racist, I'm ignorant, I'm anti-vax, I'm white trash, like problematic, whatever. And then the next I'm like Mr. Snowflake who can't listen to any conservative opinion without like being triggered and I'm offended by everything. You guys are crazy, honestly. You guys are fucking nuts. Like go to therapy with Matt and Zenev from Love is Blind. You all need lots and lots of therapy. Anyway, listen to this dumb review, okay? Let me get it up. This fucking twat. Um, So unintelligent. One star. I'm laughing at the most recent episode and how baffled you are at the idea that when culture shifts, so does humor and what people find funny. But side note, I was not like baffled or shocked or anything. I was just like, this is, things have changed. Like I wasn't like, oh my God, I don't know. I can't believe things change. I'm baffled. Like I was not baffled. Um, In America, we used to think minstrel shows were funny, but then culture shifted. So did the humor. And now we no longer find those sorts of things funny anymore. It's called progress and change, which needs to happen or else humans will go extinct. Change is natural. And you being shook that the stuff we found funny in the 2000s is no longer funny in 2022 is ridiculous. Watch an episode of Friends and I bet you wouldn't laugh the same way you did back then. That's because comedy and comedic timing is no longer the same, babes. Yeah, you can tell this person is like as a fucking garden gnome for a brain like they're so stupid like first of all and can we not bring up minstrel shows in relation to like friends and pro wrestling as if having white performers in blackface doing racist caricatures of african americans during the era of like slavery and segregation is the same thing as you know some outdated jokes from sitcoms and wrestling in the 90s but like of course this dumbass's only point of reference for comedy is friends shows what a basic bitch they are i barely even watched friends so i just googled his friends problematic because i was thinking well this person's like you know go watch friends you'll be shocked now and i'm like oh is it that bad and then i found a buzzfeed list of you know 21 problematic things about friends and Basically, every single thing they listed was, like, funny. I'm like, oh, this this is, like, funnier than I remember Friends being. Um, and much more accurate, too, to how people actually talk and behave in real life rather than, you know, all the modern neutered comedy we're getting now. Um, 
The only bad thing on the list was where Ross pretended to be a masseuse because he thought the client was hot, so obviously he wanted to get his hands on her. It's very rapey. But then in the context of a sitcom, it's quite funny because according to the BuzzFeed article, I haven't seen the episode, but then he has to massage an old man instead of the hot blonde. So that's funny. It still works. He tried to be a rapist and then that's what he got. So kind of a lesson learned there. Um The most outdated 90s sitcom joke is on Seinfeld when Jerry and George are checking out Denise Richards' tits because I think she's like 21 when she filmed it, but her character is... (laughs) (laughs) Her character is meant to be 15. Like, they're they're at NBC and they're pitching a show and they're meeting with this this NBC executive and then he goes to the bathroom and then his daughter comes in, played by Denise Richards, and she bends over and, like, her boobs are, like, hanging out and they nudge each other to, like, check out her tits and they're meant to be, like, 35 and she's underage. That was pretty bad. Episode is still funny, though, so, you know, take that for what you will. Um, Also, this hater in the review calling me unintelligent, so annoying because it's like you don't even know the history of wrestling and why it went PC. It actually wasn't because attitudes change and everyone's fucking lame and everyone wants to suck the joy and fun out of everything like you did. Not to go down another WWE rabbit hole, but in a nutshell, what actually happened is it was all about sponsors and money because – They became a publicly traded company and then there were all these standards that they had to adhere to in order to remain PG. They had to be PG in order to get as many sponsors as possible so they could make the most money. Vince McMahon, who owns WWE, his wife also launched a political career at the time, so she couldn't be associated with this sort of like crazy lowbrow you know, outrageous product. She needed to be associated with something more family friendly because I believe she was running as a Republican. I assume so. And back then, Republicans were more like, I mean, now Republicans are like Trump style, but you know, back then it was when they were like very buttoned up and like, you can't have a scandal. And, um, They also had some big scandals in WWE. The main one was Chris Benoit, who was one of the biggest names in wrestling at the time. He went crazy and murdered his wife and his seven-year-old son, and then he committed suicide by hanging himself on his lat pull-down machine. And then there was speculation in the media that, you know, it was his wrestling career that drove him to it. It was steroid abuse. It was pain meds, etc. So, he gave WWE all this bad publicity. Going PG was part of rehabbing their image and getting sponsors back because sponsors were starting to get nervous, like, oh, we don't know if we want to be associated with this. And when they did go, when they did make the change, they actually lost a lot of viewers. They lost cultural impact, but they made more money because they had a higher volume of sponsors. And my whole fucking point last week was that most people are not woke. They still like edgy and offensive humor. Like, we all know this, okay? I'm not like telling you guys something you don't know. We all know how we talk in real life and how people interact when they're not on fucking like, you know, social media, hoping that a future employee doesn't find their old tweet or something and not hire them or fire them, whatever. But I was saying last week, it's, you know, obviously it's just like this small select group of overeducated progressive Karens. They get into HR jobs in these companies. They change the companies. They ruin everything for the rest of us. We all know this. Um, You guys don't need to explain to you. Obviously, this hater that left me the bad review does because they're a fucking toddler and the only fucking media they consume as friends and Abbott Elementary and, you know, the Real Housewives of whatever, fucking loser. Um, When WWE went PG, they couldn't even drink alcohol on TV. Like, that's how fucking lame it got. That was my point. They couldn't swear. They couldn't show blood. So all the cool matches where they were like, you know, 
bash each other with weapons to death and bleed everywhere they couldn't do. Like, that's entertaining. Why do you think people watch UFC? UFC is, like, the biggest sport now in the world, basically, that people watch. And people want to see people get beat. Like, people want to see people beating the shit out of each other and bleeding and getting smashed up. Like, that's just... On a primal level, people like that. People want sex and violence. We all want it, okay? They couldn't show anything sexy when they went PG, so... The women all went from being super hot and half naked to looking like Marvel rejects that should probably be wrestling in like Saudi Arabia and just very corny. It's lame. It's lame. No one wants to watch it except little kids, okay? Yes, they make more money than they used to, but it has less viewers. It has less cultural impact. You cannot name any current WWE star right now. Back in the day, Everyone could name The Rock. Everyone knew China Stone. Even if you didn't watch it, you knew Stone Cold Steve Austin. You knew The Rock. You knew China. It was just like part of popular culture in the same way that um, Game of Thrones. You don't have to watch Game of Thrones to like get some of the references of it to know like, oh, yeah, the, you know, the dragon lady and it's stuff like that. That's what wrestling was like back then. Now, if you're not actually watching it, you wouldn't know who the fuck any of this. No crossover stars. No one cares. Unless you're a fucking dork, maybe, or you're a parent to a four-year-old and you happen to watch it when you put it on for, you know, the little the fucking crèche, the toddlers at crèche to watch, then maybe you'll know about it. I watched this old clip the other day of Mae Young. She was this old lady in her 70s. At the, she was like a former wrestler, but she came back as an old granny, right? And in the storyline, she was dating this huge black guy. He's a power lifter, Mark Henry. He used to call himself Sexual Chocolate. His whole gimmick was just he was like, this big, sexy black guy who was, like, he was, like, enormous, okay? He used to be called the world's strongest man because he, like, won a competition, right? As literally as the world's strongest man, I think, like, from the Olympics, something like that. And he's dating, like, a 75-year-old granny. And then in the storyline, she gets pregnant to him at 75. Okay, obviously she can't get pregnant. But the storyline, she's pregnant. And then the Dudley boys kidnap her. And then they powerbomb her off the stage through a table. And then (laughs) it sends her into early labor. And then she gives birth to a hand. Like a, little, like a hand, like, you know, the Adams family, the hand, she gives birth to a hand and then it's covered in like goop and placenta. And then everyone in the hospital room is like throwing up. And, oh, she was also had this like nudist thing going on where she would always want to flash her tits. So she would run out and being an old lady, no one would want to see it. So you'd have all these hot girls in bikinis and then Mae Young would run out trying to flash her tits going, I want to show my puppies. And then the referee and people would be like desperately trying to cover her up. So after she got powerbombed off the stage, she went into early labor. She was trying to flash her tits. She gave birth to a hand. That's funny. Okay. It's funny. A pregnant granny being powerbombed off a stage giving birth to a hand is funny and cool and weird as fuck. Like, who came up with that? Like, who would even think that up? Like, you couldn't even, you'd be like, how does someone come up with that? That's way funnier than Friends. It's way more interesting, okay? It's way, like, Friends could never come up with something like that. I'm telling you guys, this old WWF kick I'm on right now, you will not find anything crazier in the mainstream outside of old Howard Stern archives that he's conveniently had wiped off of the internet because he's a libtard now and doesn't want to get cancelled. Oh, one more problematic storyline that I saw last night. This is relevant to today, and I was kind of shocked because you do feel like sometimes where we are now, like, things things have changed a lot, but they also haven't changed. You know what I mean? Like, so I was watching last night, 
and they did this skit that was like so accurate to the political climate now. So they had this BLM Black Panthers type group called the Nation of Domination. It was all black guys, and their gimmick was that they were like they were black supremacists. They were like they did the black power fist. They're like Malcolm X, Nation of Islam. Islam type stuff. They had this other group, the Hart Foundation, who were these super woke Canadians, like Justin Trudeau, woke Canadians. And this is like 1997 that I'm watching this. And the Canadians hated America too, because they would come out and talk shit about America's racist. America had slavery. We're not like that in Canada. Everyone in Canada accepts you no matter what your race is. And they were like really like preachy, like super woke Canadians. And then you have this other group, DX, who were like anti-authoritarian, They started vandalizing things to make it look like hate crimes. And then they would pin the hate crimes onto the woke Canadians. So then the Nation of Domination thought the Canadians were doing it. And then they came out and they said, they told the Nation of Domination that these Canadians were secretly in the KKK, that they'd been on Jerry Springer, because I think Jerry Springer had run like a KKK episode at that time. And they said, oh, yeah, underneath the white sheets, that was the Hart Foundation, the Canadians. And they said that the Canadians had been using the N-word and then the Nation of Domination charged them and, like, beat the shit out of them, um, even though they were, like, actually super PC and obviously would never say the N-word or join the KKK and were totally against that being Canadian. Yes, it was funny as hell. And if anyone had the balls to do that, I mean, no one would have the balls to do that today, but, like, they should because... It would be making fun of everyone. You're making fun of the Trudeau woke Canadians. You're making fun of like the BLM extremists. You're making fun of like the white MAGA types. And like maybe it would lighten the mood with some of these issues we're going on with now. And, you know, people get so hyped and worked up about them. And if we could just like laugh about them and look at the absurdity of of racism and these things again, maybe we could just like calm down a little bit and see how stupid a lot of, I mean, like people are, Speaking of Love is Blind, you know, Lauren from season one, who I love, Lauren and Cameron, they're the the big interracial couple for season one. She came out and she said that Love is Blind, like, doesn't um, erase as black women or isn't spotlighting black women. Meanwhile, she's a black woman. She's the biggest star of the whole franchise. It's one of the most diverse dating shows. I mean, this season, which I'm about to get into with Rare Candy, we have the Nigerian couple, like the, well, the Nigerian guy, and you get to see a lot of his culture. You have Raven. They were, like, the main – people loved them. Like, it was ve- – everyone was, like, interfaith or interracial um, – And I'm just like, what are you, like, this is scrambled people's, like, that Lauren, she's imagining, like, she's literally imagining because of the climate being in Hollywood too much. She's imagined that Hollywood, well, not Hollywood specific, um, she's imagined that Love is Blind is erasing black women, which they're clearly not. And she brought up Shana and she's like, let's not talk about how they brought Shana back at After the Altar for her you know, a storyline when she didn't have connections with anyone. Well, first of all, Shayna was sensational television and a big part of the show. And in season one, they brought back Diamond. You know, she was black and they gave her her own storyline on After the Altar. They scripted out a whole fake thing. Remember, she was like going on a fake date. It was like Diamond at some bar and then some guy comes up and asks for her number and then she has a date with her to bring to the After the Altar party. So I'm like, they literally did this with Diamond season one and you're trying to use Shayna as an ex- like, but. People get so caught up in this, they imagine things that didn't happen that aren't there. Like, some people are opportunistic about it, where they're doing it on purpose for clout, and other people are just in the bubble too long that they just, they imagine these things. And Zeneb imagined a lot of um, 
microaggressions towards her about her looks because she's very insecure, even though it actually never happened. Anyway, guys, let's get into the show. All the links uh, are in the show notes, links to Rare Candy, uh, links to me. I hope you enjoy, and I'll see you all next week. Bye. I, I, it breaks my heart Thank to hear you that you regret saying. it. Like, I, I hope I changed your life just a little bit, like, for the better. Yes, and if I didn't, I then I, I am truly. That's why I, like, couldn't reach out to you because I was like, I didn't understand our wedding day. Like, it didn't make sense to me in any way. I was like, how do we get that from, like, everything you and I had gone through? And that's why I never texted you. Because I was just like, I'm going to go bury myself in work and just not ever date anyone again. Because that was hell. And then I watch it. I'm like, yeah, I'm a dumbass. Like, what was I saying? I'm like, I don't even know the context. Like, it doesn't matter what the context is. Like, I said some stupid things and I'm really sorry. Uh, Hey, guys, I have a returning guest back on the pod today. He recapped Love is Blind season two with me. Actually, this year, I thought it happened like a fucking year ago. I think it was in March. I I don't know what the hell is going on with time now. Um, But yes, he's back for season three. Glenn, welcome back. How are you? Um, wonderful. I actually just, I have not yet finished the reunion. I'm like 40 minutes in literally like a minute ago, I turned it off to come record. So I was like, I maybe missed the last 20 minutes of the reunion, but oh my God, did you literally, okay. We're going to get into that. Cause you've missed, okay. You've missed literally like the best part of everything, but we'll get into that. Okay. But, um, I love your podcast, Rare Candy. It's one of my faves. I've actually been kind of off podcasting for a while now. Like I'm just like watching movies and stuff again and not listening to like everyone's opinions, but I, I still check out Rare Candy. I love you and Psy and uh, Galaxy Brain when she's on. Uh, it's It's been great. And I, I'm kind of the same way. I've, I've kind of found a way to check out. I've been listening to shows, but I've been uh, purposely avoiding the current thing. There's a lot. There's a meme on the internet that says I support the current thing. There's people that say I don't support the current thing. I like being about three weeks behind the current thing like or you know three weeks ahead just what one way or the other just getting out of my pundit brain that i had for quite some time was just and just talking about stuff that you know si and i genuinely want to talk about so yeah uh uh it's been it's been great it's a lot better that way i i encourage other people to say what you actually want to talk about not what you feel like you should talk about oh yeah that's literally the mindset that i've been into and it's funny when i first found rare candy um i think it was like the start of the pandemic and i was like you know who are these conspiracy theorists i was like oh you know they're entertaining but i don't really agree with what they say now it's like two years later and i'll listen to you and i'm like do my airpods have 5g like should i stop (laughs) drinking fluoridated water like i'm totally like down the rabbit hole on rare candy shit now (laughs) yeah you know i mean look that the criteria is that you don't have to uh, you don't have to immediately scrap everything you're doing when you listen to us like we want to be entertaining before before anything else you know like we want to at least have fun because i think half the time you know, we, we, we want to play the long game with you guys. Maybe get you to switch your lifestyle. Not immediately. I don't want to do the doomsday Alex Jones, you know, fire and brimstone stuff like that. I want to make jokes about certain things and then make people think about 10 minutes later. Like, hey, is, I mean, is there something to that? So, you know, that's that's kind of the way we do it. Yeah, it's fun. I'm going to sign up for your sub stack soon. Actually, it's just... um. I've, I'm trying to go through a thing of like, I've got to unsubscribe from some other shit before I subscribe to new stuff first. Like, you, who you I, tell? I don't even subscribe to my own yet. So I'm like, you know, I, it's like, there's a lot of stuff. I'm like, oh man, I, I still got, I got charged for an anime thing. I don't watch anime, but I did for a podcast and I had to sign up for a free trial 
to watch the source material for a podcast, and I just got charged for it the other day. I was I was ready to wage war. I'm just gonna say that much. <laughs> Dude, it's but, even worse when you um when you sign up for like a friend's Patreon or Substack or whatever, and then you feel like you can't unsubscribe. Like even if you're not listening to the yeah. show anymore, you're like, oh, we're friends, and it feels like too much to unsub. unsub. It's so awkward. What I love about Substack, it doesn't even tell me who unsubscribed. Like, so I I have a Patreon with my friend Filthy Armenian, like. It shows you like this guy who just told you last week he it's the best show he ever heard uh, d- deleted his pledge of of five dollars a month, which again fine, but I just I don't want to know. I'd rather just look at the number and guess. You know, doesn't who, it make you so that? depressed when you see that unsubscribe? Like it hurts. Yeah. And then they hop back in two weeks later. I'm like, you d- just just ride it out, dude. You know, <laughs> like, but yeah. Nonetheless, on Substack, I don't. It just it does. It's not there. There's just a number. I love that. I love that platform. So yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I noticed that you don't have the uh, the eight dollar blue check on on Twitter. You didn't buy the eight dollar blue check. No, and uh, even more interestingly, you didn't uh, keep yours because that you scared me. originally when you followed our podcast. I got so mortified. I was like, oh no, like blue checks w- when you're in my business. That's they're scary. Like those people are like gonna do a where you're like, well, we might become popular, but we also might uh, get stuff thrown at our house. So, yeah, you know, like when they start rolling. doing that. But I was like, okay, I was like, you know, he's, he's good. He's good. But yeah, but you don't have it. That's more interesting. I am i don't, I don't want to, I, I wouldn't, even in the old days, I would have been like Dave Portnoy and turned down my blue check. I would have seriously <laughs> like, truly. Well, it gives you, it gives you an extra tab, which I always felt was good because it gives you one for verified uh-huh. replies and then getting the attention of certain people, like getting, you know, like Dr. Drew or whoever to respond to me on Twitter is easier with the blue check. So that's <laughs> oh, yeah, why I yeah. always liked it but everyone dunks on the blue checks and they always like you know i would always got shitted on for having a blue check it's like hey i can't help it if i work in media and i'm cool too i'm sorry that i have a blue check like i've had my fucking account for over 10 years and then the second that you could buy a blue check like everyone just went and bought one i'm like okay so you secretly wanted a blue check all this time and you were projecting dunking on me i got it I agree. No, I'm I'm with you. I, I was on the I, I was basically on the other side of that end, but I was kind of like, look, it means nothing to me. It's going to continue to mean nothing to me. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just sign up for it. But you know, hey, I understand the troll element of it totally because hey, look, your fellow blue check, former blue check people, they weren't sending their best. Let's just say that much. <laughs> I understand the troll. I understand the troll. They weren't all like you, man. So like, I get that. But I think for a while, I'm gonna be like, hopefully, this is just like a couple week thing, and people just kind of get off of it. Well, I I had kind of had some remorse when I dumped my blue check. Because when I got rid of it, I thought, okay, everyone can buy one. But then he changed it where you could still, there was still a difference between the blue check that was officially verified and <laughs> the blue check that have bought it with Twitter blue. And then I was kind of like, oh, maybe I should have kept it. But, you know, yeah. it's done now moving forward. <laughs> you, mean to, you mean to tell me that Elon Musk uh, said something and then did something a little bit different and wasn't as cool? You're telling me for the first time that that happened. Every yeah, I find I, him so fucking annoying. Like no, he's I, the worst. I find him like Kanye. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like I just want to tune Hello. both of them out. Elanye, yeah, they're just one big sentient being, you know, like <laughs> just together. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I'm like, dude, I, I, no joke. Like, where Tesla started, like in in uh, Fremont, California. I'm not, you know, too terribly far from there. I've seen like the the Elon Musk, the PayPal, the early days, like before anybody knew who he was. I was like, this guy's a loser. I just he just is. And everybody, people forget about the like him when he thought he made bulletproof windows, and then he threw like the smallest brick ever, and it shattered everything. Like the guy completely. Not once has he delivered on anything, like, truly. Like, it's just never happened. So, 
I, I just, I'm just laughing that people, you know, a lot of people, especially of my ilk, put so much faith into, uh, um, you know, him to just save Twitter. It's like maybe go outside, you know, maybe, just, <laughs> maybe just, it's just like you, you shouldn't need to be Twitter to be that great. I'm just saying, like, we don't. I think it, maybe it's a good thing it's not right now. You know, like to maybe yeah, explore I don't care other if they thing. get rid of it. I mean, I would be ready to have because something yeah. else will pop up. I mean, then you know, I can use TikTok Always. or some shit. You know, it's it's fine. Like they got rid of Vine and people survived. So. All right. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all <lived. laughs> Good point. Good point. I forgot yeah. about Vine. Yeah. Good point. Um, Love is Blind season three. All right. You've watched most of it. I want to go through the couples individually. I do want to say that I think this season was better than last season because I feel like they were taking it more seriously because they filmed it in Texas this time, whereas last time was Chicago. And I think last season there were more libtards like uh kyle and sal and totally. and deep d and i think they were more for the tv aspect whereas i feel like these people were really in of like yeah we're getting married like yes you're just more moralistic people i mean like just just kind of like i mean you had like even not even from like a typical texas family you have like a nigerian guy you know what i mean who's like still from the same probably more than anybody else was a more you know traditional values kind of guy and uh, i totally agree with you um th- now, now that being said i don't think it was quite as messy uh um as as last season like i just didn't see like that like insane wrecking ball like Shayna of last <laughs> year to just come in and just just throw a curveball like there really wasn't any uh, andrew tried but it just he just he's not cool enough for that like so i that was my he tried to come back and you know reignite like everybody else enough. Yeah, it just that was the one thing. But I, I do think like it was actually just a more a better production, I think, like a, a, just a made for a better production of a season. It was more yeah, into like the it. like real shit of relationships. Like, I think it was more Yo, kind yeah. of relatable of like, this is like what's actually going like, this is like a real like relationship experiment. Whereas, I th- yeah, the other one was definitely more of like a hot mess TV time. And I feel like also last season. I remember when they got to the vows at the end and everything was like a blind side and it was like, oh, they've edited this in a way because they want to like shock us, but then it doesn't make sense. Whereas I felt like when they got to the vows at the end of this season, I was like, oh, yeah, I understand like why they said yes or why they said no. Like it was just edited better. Yeah, no, totally. I there 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 wasn't that many surprises. I'm last year. I remember like uh, we, we didn't weren't even able before our episode last time. Correct me if I'm wrong. We weren't even able to see the finale. Oh right? yeah, we did. Like, we we recorded right before the final vows, and then we made did predictions. predictions so and we were pretty yeah. wrong. Like on almost all of them. Like this one, I would have got like totally right, pretty much. Yeah. Like I just yeah. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Matt and Colleen. Maybe not. I yeah. think I was. That was probably the one <laughs> iffy one I had, but makes sense. Yeah, and Colleen's locked in a basement somewhere with the black eye. We'll get to that. Um, all right, first couple. Yeah, we will. Jew- <laughs> Jew- the Jewish princess Alexa and uh, Cowboy Brennan, they were probably like the strongest couple. Uh, Alexa's 27. Her profile says she's an insurance agency owner, and I thought that was bullshit. I'm like, no, she's not. She's just like uh, aspiring like plus-size model. But I looked into it, and she... She actually does own some. I think she's like a franchisee of some insurance agency. So she's got a real job. And, uh, you know, at the start, they kind of edit her like she's the fattest woman alive and that she only (laughs) cares about food and like she might be too fat to find love. But she's actually like this voluptuous like bombshell that totally looks like Ashley Graham. And she's like funny and cool. Like she wouldn't have a problem getting a guy at all. No, definitely, definitely not in Texas either. You know, like that's that's the thing. Like, yeah, I, I, my wife was like, "Oh, she's so pretty." I don't, for me, I don't know. It was kind of like I don't know. It was a little bit of a, a great value Chloe Kardashian situation, like from back in the day. That was kind of what it sounded like to, uh, to me. I, I didn't. 
I, I didn't feel the same way, but I, I, it was really funny to hear once her friends got involved, you know, like seeing her friends and I was like, oh, this is just classic. You know, she has the gay guy with the Versace uh, <laughs> friend and and then her like three just annoying plastic surgery, like saw clown friends um, that, that were just just completely annoying. And they're like, are you sh- when you marry? They told Brennan, when you marry her, you marry us, too. And and actually, that's not true, by the way. I'm married like you. I, you become each other's best friend and then they don't see their friends as much. That's just the way it naturally <laughs> works. It's not people look at that as a horror story. No, you just end up kind of just being closer to each other. And then the friends are like, hey, is he is he right for you? You know, yeah, like just that that ends up being more the dynamic. So that was, that that happened, was funny. I, that happened with um one of my best friends who's straight. We we were already drifting apart before he got married, but you know, he I kind of felt like he tossed me aside, but I like understood because he wanted to do the you know straight people have a certain trajectory in life mm-hmm. where it's like get the career together, find a wife, like have kids, have a family, and all of that, and. You know, he was on that path and like focused on finding that. So then when he, you know, tossed me aside, I'm kind of like, you know, I get it. And yeah, now they're, right. they're besties and it's like, it's, you know, a different, a different life. Um, Brennan, who she gets with, he's a water treatment engineer, very specific job. And they try to make him sound like he's this white trash, like cowboy hick that grew up in poverty, which I think he did grow up poor, but like, he also admits to getting Botox when he's in the pods and he's on a reality show. So I'm like, well, he yeah, can't man. be that much of a fucking hick if he's like, if he's got Botox and stuff. Like he clearly wants some kind of like TV sure. shine. No, I, I was, I thought the exact same thing. First off, I work in, you know, kind of public service kind of thing, like, like water and, and things like that. I, I, I'm like, that guy's making at least 85, 90 K a year. Like, like in Texas, you, he's doing fine. The, the family's house beautiful I, I was like it's a beautiful fun little garden that they have they they live like sustainably which maybe they don't have the biggest net worth but i'm like dude you are not like a kid rock music video or like you know like from or like eminem like it's not eight mile dude like the way you grew up like i, I was just that that i found really funny that was to, that was just like editing i like they were just really trying to give them some conflict because they got i don't think they had really any fights or anything nah. so i think the editors were just really trying to make out like they're from different worlds and like she has this super rich bougie jewish family and they expect him to take care of her financially so i guess you're kind of not sure if he's going to have like enough enough money for her but i was sort of thinking like even I don't know what her standards are financially when it comes to guys. You said he's probably on like decent money, but yeah, that's where money. that's where the fame the fame aspect helps because even someone like her, if she's financially motivated in dating, she can at least think, well, you know, we're on a TV show together and like being a couple, that's money in the bank because we can like monetize our relationship. So even if normally in the real world. He, she might go, oh, he doesn't earn enough for me. Like when you throw in like the TV thing, like that, I think like seals the deal. Plus the whole the whole walk in closet thing is such a like audition for reality TV. I feel like any couple is always just like, I just we can't figure out the closet, you know, and it's like it's not that tough of an argument. Usually like my wife's got a bunch of clothes, too. You know, you just you figure it out. You find places to put your clothes like it's I have a one bedroom. It's we figure it out. You know, like it's that, that was a classic one. Her family with them now one thing i'm sorry the one thing i find out with with brennan i found tough is he's the pillow talking snitch guy among the guys is he not like he was i I, we'll get to the cole stuff but like he's the guy who's like yeah actually we went to a strip club like and everybody's like dude what the fuck 
Like, I, I thought you know, like, he, he yeah. showed such a different side at that reunion when he came out Dude. like a snitch. I was like, come on, bro. And then you didn't see the second half of it, and we'll get into that, but, like, it looks like that's probably, like, didn't – like, I think that he kind of just – he was just being a fucking bitch, basically. Like, he was just being mm-hmm. a bitch. Um, and then when you add that in with the Botox and him being on TV and 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 everything like that, you're just like, okay, I kind of see what kind of guy – you are now. And he'll probably fit in pretty well with her family. Um, her dad was something. <laughs> yeah, that was- and the grandpa, too. Was that, was, <laughs> I'm assuming that was grandpa there, too. I, I, I couldn't remember if that was, that was the case. But, yeah, he was- uh, that I always have a trouble with like the the whole like let's get the family together and intimidate this guy and stuff and it's like I always that's such a tired like meet the parents Robert De Niro trope like that they that that people do because like at the end of the day you can always just like as long as the guy doesn't just completely like make a fool of himself most of the time they're like they end up loving you and and that's what's gonna happen I I hope I wish nothing for the best but they both seem like good people so I, I you know her dad was just kind of like kind of like i thought it was kind of brad like he was almost trying to be on tv like let's get the whole family dynamic on tv like so we could have a huge you know uh family reality show yeah totally well he um i looked him up because uh everyone on all the chicks on twitter were like he's a zaddy he's so hot and i was like yeah you know what's the deal with this guy he's a entrepreneur they were pretty vague about it but he's doing a lot of stuff making a lot of money and he has a uh He's not with the original wife. He's with some – she's, like, this young, like, hot-filled and Botoxed. Like, she looks like she would be part of, like, Alexa's crowd um, mm-hmm. and very into, like, the Dallas social scene. Like, I saw her against some, like, flower walls at, you know, an opening of, of something in Dallas and they're, like, travelling and stuff. So, they're, they're like, just a fucking, like, a, a bougie family. I got a family I wouldn't fit in uh, with at all. Like, um, you know, not that I can't be with like upscale people, but like, you know, just there's a certain element that comes with like the, you know, like this is a this is a brotherhood, sisterhood of trust, and you know, the circle of trust. Like, I just picture him Robert De Niro, uh, like a Robert De Niro knockoff from like his comedy movie days. You know, well, they're uh, sitting in their yeah. like rich in this rich house, and they're talking to Brennan, who I guess you know on the show they're making him come off poor, and they're and she's obviously has all this wealth behind her, and they're like, if you get divorced, you better be financially supporting her and like taking care of her and stuff. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I can do that. I'm like, can you do that? Like that's. Yeah. Why chicks get pissed off at guys because, mm-hmm. and Raven, this was with Raven too. Like, some of these girls on the show were very upfront and honest about what they want in a partner. It's like, yeah, I expect a certain lifestyle and this sort of level of wealth. And SK and Brennan were both like very like agreeable to it. And I'm like, can you really? Like, yeah. you know, they're like pussy whipped and then they just say yes to everything. And then, you know, down the line, if they can't provide that, these girls are going to be like, hang on, you told me that, like, you could give me this and that and now you can't, like, were you just, like, bullshitting me? So, I don't know. I was just thinking, like, that's just some guys, like, saying yes to everything with a hot chick. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, you got to realize when you go on this show, it's it hasn't worked out in the past in the traditional method. So, a lot of these guys are probably just like, fuck it, please, just anything, like, <laughs> any, anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'll, I'll laugh at any joke. I don't care. You know, and she's so funny. She's hilarious. Like they always say that about the girls. It's like, how? No, they're not. You know? <laughs> they're and not. Uh, so, no, like that's that is that is a needle in the haystack. And the the people that I found uh, that I found interesting were SK and Brennan in that sense, where they both 
I was I didn't I felt like I didn't know a thing about what they were into because I I remember when they were at the altar. Brandon was at the altar and he's like, and then we'll do the jingle jangle forever. I'm like, what's the jingle jangle? I did, I, what was the, I, first off, my mind went elsewhere when I heard. I was like, "What is, is that? Something you guys do behind closed doors or something?" Like you guys said at the wedding, but it was it was just these things where I'm like, "Man, they didn't want us to know a thing about Brennan other than like he probably is a poor redneck." Yeah, totally. You know? And what about when she complained about him being bad in bed? She was talking to the girls, and she was like, "Yeah, I think yeah. He's like two pumps and done, and that's not what I need. Like, I need a guy that's gonna like throw me around." So you know, then I talked to him and. <laughs> And we fixed it, but it's like if you swap that around and he talked to the chick, he was talking to the the guys and was like, yeah, man, like I just need a girl that's going to be more submissive and, you know, bend over and take it. Like you, he would be like vilified <laughs> as the most fucking scumbag pig on earth. But then when she does it and she's basically saying the dick is trash, it's like, you go, girl, like <laughs> you got him in yeah. order. I wonder how many more years we have of that until we can do the opposite around, you know? I just yeah. I feel like I've been waiting for this moment. It's like, all right, the Jezebelification of, you know, like relationship talk where it's like men have to be like, it was so magical. Uh, she was the best <laughs> and I miss it every single day. And then she's like, oh, he actually was in the other room, couldn't figure out how to open the door to get in to have sex with me. It's like, it's just these things of like, Mr. Like, is he Mr. Bean? Is it Mr. Magoo? <laughs> like, I, that, 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 that you're, I don't know. I, these guys, it's like, I don't know. I, I look, I, I don't know. I don't know how these guys work, but I feel like half the time I'm like, come on, you know? Like, Yeah, totally. Um, all right, Matt, Matt and Colleen. All right, she's this cute ballet dancer with a work from home PR job. I looked at what Matt does up. He works in private charter sales. So I think it's, I don't know, high end clients want to take a flight somewhere or a trip somewhere and he kind of organizes it and and make sure it's nice. He sounds exactly like Matthew McConaughey. He even does the all right, all right, all right thing. So that must be his mm-hmm. party trick that he, he pulls mm-hmm. every time he goes out. Uh, he calls himself two date Matt because he has his walls up and he can't get past two dates with the girl because his whole thing is that his last girlfriend cheated on him with this other guy and then she got pregnant to the other guy. And now he doesn't tr- trust women at all. He's got all these. Nope fucking hardcore like serious issues and they make um they make colleen look really bad in the beginning they that's what they did a good job with the editing in this is however they presented people in the start they really had like a character arc and like changed a lot by the end whereas sometimes the people that you liked at the start turned out to be like awful so they kind of make out like she's not ready for a relationship she's She's just trying to lock down any guy she can in the pods to be on the show because um I know she gets rejected by Cole because she says she's not uh she's not ready for a serious relationship and then he runs a mile from that and then I think someone else rejects her and then she um and and then she like lands on Matt um and Matt's like I felt like he was like you know love bombing her at the like he came on so yeah. strong right. Yeah, he was scared. My wife was like, yeah, he's like, he's just got that look about him. He seems like the type of guy, you know, you, you, you go on a date with him, right? Your girl, you just match up on an app and you go on a date and it's like, it's just only okay. You don't really, you kind of don't really want to go from there. And then he's at your work the next day outside and he's like, Hey, so what, so what happened? What happened? Is, is, all right. I just, I just want to talk holding the door closed. No, no, no. Let's talk, you know? <laughs> and he's just got that weird, weird dynamic about him i don't care much for colleen personally i i that was those two i was kind of like i hope that it works out because 
they should just be together. Like, I just, I don't know. <laughs> just, she's, look, when you're into ballet, you're used to a little fascism in your relationship. I feel like, like in dance, it's like very Suspiria kind of situation. <laughs> like, like I could see that, like, kind of working out between them two. Cause like, he's going to run the show. He's going to have his moments where he's going to just wear the pants, be assertive, and then be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And his he was bro, so fucking yeah. unstable. Well, he's he would also be like a classic rage texter. Like I bet she has threads of like, oh, you fucking yeah. bitch, how could you do this to me? And then like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like highs and lows, never a, like a stable. Which that's tough. That one's tough to deal with. Um, you know, she had she had the thing with Cole too. Like, which I I to me it's like how at what point do you have to tell yourself we're on a, a reality show you know like we're I, I there's so many times because i understand in the real world freaking out about that like hey i you know I, we're it, I, we're all in swimsuits and we're talking about how attracted we are to each other that the person we're not with but it's like that's you're you're on a show like that's gonna happen so i i, I just wonder do, do do they ever have to tell themselves that like a little bit like it's like man just chill well you out. also might but that makes it worse kind of because then you feel like well you've humiliated me on this like big platform because right. you Good did point. this when like you didn't have to do it like he um the for the first red flag with him to me because I kind of liked him at the start because I was like oh he's really intense and he's really into it I kind of thought it was cute and then when he because <laughs> he was kind of crazy and then when he didn't get down on one knee when he proposed to her in the pod I thought that was. Straight away, I was just like, why didn't he get down on one knee? And then it was just like one red flag after the other. Like, when they first get out of the pods, they're all like, he's acting like he just got out of prison. Like, he's so into her. And then they all go to this group pool party where all the cast are and they get to hang out. And really, she's not really doing anything wrong. It's more like Cole, I think, is a bit drunk and he flirts with her a little bit and like- Yeah. He, like, loses his fucking shit. Like, he just, like, turned into a, a different- person he's like you know you're playing with he started talking with like an accent too you know what i mean like a yeah i very weird it happens though i've i've not i've gone into like scottish before when i got mad it, it just happens you know it's just you, you're you're 23 and me really comes out when you're mad you know? but yeah it's yeah, it uh I, I i agree he has like all these hang-ups like every chick is gonna like run off and like get pregnant to another guy because it happened to him once like he and first sign of that's such a bad such a red flag that someone that at the first sign of trouble they're like ready to bounce like one thing mm-hmm. happens and they're like oh man right. i'm out the door i'm like pulling the plug on this and then she like when he started doing that when he had the big freak out about it and about her talking to cole which she told him about um she suddenly turned like very submissive of like crying and you know i'll do anything like don't leave me you know like she went from sort of being a hot commodity everyone going man like colleen's really cute to her just like desperate for this like one guy to be with her and i'm like man maybe she's got like low self-esteem too yeah, yeah i don't know I, I, I agree with you on that though like like i was that was tough at first but it, i felt like they made a way bigger deal ab- about that even Zanat from on from Cole's end, like Zanat, it's like, man, you guys are just gonna have to figure out that like you guys were basically dating each other in the pods. Like that it's it felt like every in the past season, everybody acknowledged that. They were like, okay, yeah, maybe I maybe there were times where they felt a certain way about somebody else, but ultimately I was the one, you know. Um, I feel like nobody had self-confidence this this year, as why I felt I felt like there was people who were not very high on themselves, <laughs> like it's just all around, even even Matt, Matt being one of them, you know, from the male end. I feel like maybe as well, though, that was the because they were more conservative, they were kind of Christian, mm-hmm. they were a bit more traditional, they weren't as easy 
when it came to that stuff. Like, they were more, like, just very old school about shit. So, you know, like, there were a lot of, like, full-on Christian people. I think there were more that were, like, very Christian, but they couldn't give everyone the Christian edit, so they kind of saved that for Cole and Zenit. But I think that, like... I don't know, 70% of the cast maybe were really into it. And then when Colin, uh, not Colin, sorry, Colleen and Matt at the reunion, she looked like a fucking Stepford wife next to him, though. Like, she was, like, frozen. He programmed her. He he gained about 10 pounds, which means, like, she's cooking for her. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're eating well. She looks the same. She's all dolled up, like, almost, like, ready to do, like, a, a ballet recital and stuff. No, it's uh, it's there in full force. I think I think he's he got the programming pro- programmer. He's a VP of aerospace tech. By the way, yeah, true, uh, Matt. This whole time, so we're, what we're saying is a joke, but is it? You know, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he um, the only thing that he said about her at the reunion was he's like, I really respect her work ethic, and then he's like, oh, she gets up at six a.m. and and goes to ballet, and then she does her PR job on the computer, then she goes back to dance, and she goes back to her like other job. I'm like. I'm like, dude, are you doing anything? Like, is she working like twelve hour days, yeah. coming home, like cooking? Like, she's full on like slave. I know. It's it, to me. I'm like, you should. That sound the job he has sounds like it should. She shouldn't have her have to leave the house if she does. It, you should have your own ballet studio in the house. <laughs> you know, like like a, something like that. Like it's it, that sounds like, especially in Texas. Like I can't reiterate enough how cheap Texas is. Like you know, like people. Oh, is that why everyone went there? there? Is that why everyone moved to Texas? It's a huge state. I mean, like yeah, Austin is like more expensive because that's basically becoming Portland and San Francisco essentially like uh, over time. But like I, from what I know. I I know that like Dallas and like Corpus Christi and places like that are still really, really cheap, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Nancy and Bartice, these two were fucking ridiculous. Oh, so, Bartice says that he, he's like 25. He says he's a senior analyst. Clearly, he's just there for TV. And actually, uh, someone reached out to me and said that because they film Love is Blind like a year before it airs or so, like it gets filmed like very much in advance. So I heard that okay. he's already filmed like another Netflix dating show, like one of the oh, those no. like hot singles shows, which obviously he was probably made for anyway. And mm-hmm. Nancy's 31. She's a successful speech pathologist with like a few investment properties. So like she's got it going on and she's chasing this 25-year-old like fucking like reality TV Wanna be, you know, at the start in the pods, she's torn between him. She's torn, she's torn between the two worst guys on the show, which is Bartice mm-hmm. and this Asian guy Andrew, who is oh. a total fucking psychopath Loser. and a fraud. I mean, he just spends a whole time like bragging about his job, his expense account, uh-huh. uh, where he's travelled. He's a tantric sex master that can, you know, give women like fucking fifteen hour orgasms. Um, there's mm-hmm. like nothing. He can't do. I mean, not not the, enough for them to stick around. By the way, either the yeah, fifteen hour well, orgasm, they still they're done after that. They they don't. They're just like I can find something better. So it all adds up. Yeah, I clocked him as being full of shit. Obviously, like as soon as he oh, opened okay. his mouth, I'm like, oh, this guy's like f- fucking like none of this is true. But for sure, there are like totally bimbos out there that he meets in like Bali and shit that like fall mm-hmm. for this. Like, I bet he pulls a lot of chicks with this just because he's so foolish. Like, he almost like believes what he's saying. It comes off, and I feel like he just better like wrap some really dumb girls around his finger easy until they like finally cotton on after a few weeks oh, yeah. or so. Yeah, um, that wasn't fifteen hours. Ah, I'm <laughs> on to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. yeah. And um, exactly. The, the first moment that I had any respect for Nancy, because she comes off really ditzy, 
is when um, Andrew proposes to her and then she turns it down and she basically says in her confessional, she's like, yeah, you know, he bragged a lot, but like she's basically like he's full of shit. I'm like, oh, she's not as dumb as I thought. Like, because she seems like the dumbest person alive in the very beginning. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Like she sees through this at least. And then he went viral. This was like the best thing ever. Um, He's filming a confessional after Nancy turns down his proposal and, uh, then he gets eye drops out. The cameras are still rolling. They I fully know. include it. He puts eye drops in, so tears are rolling down his face. And then he's like pretending to like fake cry about having his heart broken. I can't believe they aired it, but it was like so good. That is that is some of the best bit of production and editing I've seen, and w- which is basically no editing, right? It's basically just airing the full thing. I we it caught me off guard. I thought like he had a medical condition or something, and he was like, "Oh, I got a man." Whenever I get sad, my eye, you know, this. I'm like, then I'm looking, I'm like, "Oh no, he's actually tr- making like waterfalls come out of his eyes." That is the funniest thing. Oh, man. Yeah, that went viral. You know, I um I watch a lot of reality TV, and they're doing that more and more because it's just got to the point with the genre where people are so savvy and we know like people are so self-aware and they know they're on a TV mm. show and the audience knows mm-hmm. they're on a TV show that the producers like every now and then they've got to throw the audience a bone where they're like, okay, now here's some like real shit in amongst this like very produced like edited show. Joe Rogan follows Andrew on uh, Instagram, I found out, and I thought that mm-hmm. um I thought, oh, is he like a Lover's Blind fan? But then I checked Andrew's Instagram and it's just like wildlife photography. Like, it's just lions ah, and stuff. So, I'm like, that, that's- There it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Joe there just wants the tiger pics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jamie's, oh, look at those two animals, Jamie. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> that's king of the jungle, Jamie. I don't know how you get through that. You don't. Yeah. And yeah, then- totally. um, Bartiz, he's like, I mean, he's just some fucking personal trainer. He's into, yeah, he says he's a senior analyst. You're a personal trainer. Um, He says, well, he's pretty clear about being into, like, fitness and looks. He's super attracted to Raven, who was, like, the token hottie of of the pods. Um, But he rejects her for Nancy. And now, after seeing the whole season, looking back, I'm like, maybe he could tell that she was going to, that Raven was going to give him the flick. So, maybe he was a preemptive strike possibly like dumping her first and um you know when he sees nancy i guess they make out that there's like a just looks discrepancy like she's not hot enough for him with she's a cute girl like she's not unattractive or anything and she has like a lot of good qualities like financially she's got it together she's cute she's got huge boobs but he's clearly after like full-on like ig model like flawless kind of type. And I think he tries to fake it for a while at the start. Um, and <laughs> he's clearly like not, he's just clearly not that hot for her. The editors are pretty mean. There was one scene where they showed them both in their swimsuits together. And it was clearly to show that he had like the perfect body and she had like more of a normal body. Yeah, um, no, totally. He's, he's like, well, you know what Bartiz reminded me of? You see that guy that went viral last week for, or like a couple of days ago that was just like, he was like doing a kiss to the camera. Oh like, yeah, 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 like, totally. yeah. That was <laughs> like Bartiz is chasing that market. Like really, that market is like really, really bullish right now. So I, I could see he he just reminded me of that. He's clearly under like maybe three questions. If you give him like three questions about something that he's super sure about, he's all of a sudden not sure about it anymore. Um, but the abortion thing was weird. I don't know. I that was I. I was just that odd. Was she brought it. She kept 
crowdsourcing it to like his entire family. I just, I don't understand that. Like I, you guys have that conversation. I, that's a, a necessary conversation. I completely agree. But then like his family's over and they're just having like drinks together. And she's like, I'm, we were talking about abortion. It's, it's like, oh my gosh. Well, like they, they, okay. They have this thing about abortion. They, they have a, a falling on abortion because she's pro-choice. He's pro-life, but they're really specific about it. Cause it's not even like a pro-life thing. It's like, if you were pregnant and you found out mm-hmm. that the child was going to have some kind of birth defects or special needs, would you get rid of that? They're very, like, specific about it. And he was like, oh, no, like, never. And at first I thought that – um I don't know. I thought, oh, is he just trying to look like, you know, fucking, you know, Mother Teresa or some saint or something? Like, is he just putting this on for the camera? But then when they met the family and she brought it up and, like, his sister's, like, crying. Like, she's so pro- yeah. <laughs> pro-life pro that she's, like, in tears, like, just even discussing it. Um, that was amazing, though, because it's, like, you don't- they don't have that shit on reality shows. I mean, I watch a lot of dating no. shows. They do not have a whole episode about two people debating about abortion. <laughs> Yeah, and I, my, the weird part about it to me is like I, I'm not I'm not like a staunchly pro life guy or anything like that. I, 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 it's but I did find it funny like she's a speech pathologist and like when she's going into the like <laughs> it's really messed up. But she's like, I talk to some of these kids and I just go home crying all day. And I was like, the, the thing you come away with is we should abort these kids. <laughs> so I, like, I, was, I was just like, that's I can imagine like like I, I, the real take that I would expect somebody like that to have is like. We just we need to, more resources for these children, more uh, you know uh, safe spaces for them, or things like that. She's like, nah, just less of them, to be honest. Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> she has, yeah. it killed me. It killed yeah, she me. Was like was the like, shit. Wait, what? She's like the shit that I've seen. Like it's uh, you know I'll, I'm pro choice till the end, man. Like yeah, I know. It was it was just such a funny way to look at it. Like it's just like it's like a special needs teacher was like that. It's like what are you talking? Like that's you should be the like proponent of like. Yeah, you should be like the the, the face of the pro-life movement. Yeah, (laughs) at least in that scenario, you know, like it's just so funny. And they had had another part with her where this was – I thought he was too hard on her looks, but – um, they had one yeah, scene where I totally. totally agreed with him was when they're in the bath together. <laughs> they're meant to be having like a sexy bath. And then she's yeah. talking about how she took like a huge dump and then it clogged the toilet. <laughs> and then she was like trying to unclog the toilet, but she couldn't because there's like so much shit in there. And he's like, Damn. um, yeah, like he's trying to make out. Like they clearly are in there with the purpose of like having a romantic. I mean, the producers have gone, okay, like get in your swimsuit. Like we're going to film like a bath thing. And he's just trying to like do the scene. And he's just, like, awkwardly smiling while she's, like, talking about fucking how much she shits. I mean, <laughs> maybe that's why she doesn't have a man. Because I felt like she had a lot going for her. You know, like, she's saying, like, you know, financially she's got it together, a good job, you know, a tight-knit family. And then, you know, on her honeymoon, like, the the poop comes out. Like, tone it down, yeah. a bit, you know? Women, women made a mistake. Uh, I think when where where men because obviously you know when you start living together it all comes out of course. But like the bridesmaids and like broad city things that happened in the last like ten years have made women think like I just need to tell men about shitting all the time and it's like ah not really you know like it's just just you let us find out about that more in an organic way. Trust me, it's always better than for you to like you know pretend you're one of the guys about it. You know just, yeah, I'm down to earth. That, I'm wh- Ladies, don't do yeah. that. I was thinking the same. Here's the thing when it comes to, like, talking about toilet stuff, pooping stuff in a relationship. Like, 
you like you said, naturally at some point everything's going to come out and everything's going to be on the table, but like you don't need to find like unnecessary reasons to bring it up. Like say you've been with someone for a while and then, I don't know, you have like gastro or you have like stomach problems or something. You should be able to talk about like, man, I'm not, I don't feel well. I have gastro or whatever. And then you be understanding, be like, oh, and you want me to pick you something up from the, the pharmacy to help with that. But don't, don't go out of your way to be like, man, I took like the biggest dump. Like, man, it fucking stinks in here. Oh, man, I yeah. can't stop <laughs> shit. <worst>. Like, <laughs> the worst. Worst. The worst. I work in construction. There's lesbians that do that all the time. And even then, we're not even dating and it's weird. And you're just like, come on. Like, uh, you got to keep, like, you got to keep some spark. Like you got to as well, especially when you're married too. like, that's in for the long haul. Like sex is a big part of marriage. So it's like, you want to be, you know, and it's hard. Like it's prob- not easy to be, especially if you're in a monogamous relationship. Like that shit takes work. <laughs> no pun intended. Okay, that takes yeah. work. So don't be bringing up like. Yeah, you don't want to be like flavor of love where you just leave it on the <laughs> stair either. You know, I guess maybe Nancy was going to do that at the pods. Or something. <laughs> 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 yeah. that was, totally. <laughs> <laughs> that's blast from the past that's fucking iconic guys yeah. if you don't know about that scene flavor of love i think it was season club, two yeah. they were filming for so long and one of the girls was trying to hold hold in a big shit and then she shit herself on <laughs> the stairs <laughs> classic that was like that was legendary. that was peak team peak peak reality right there that it was, was all great. downhill since then um yep. Yeah, she um as as much start like I said, I feel like she had a lot going for her, but like she was so digmatized by him, and I think that she just really mm. um she just really liked the idea of like having a really hot younger guy yeah. into her, and she overlooked so much stuff just because she wanted to have like she wanted arm candy. She was being she was acting like a guy, like yep. No, she she was being self-aware. She's like, this is never happening for me ever again, which I don't even for anybody who hasn't seen the show yet. She's not there's no she's not ugly. I just mean, like, Bartice is like Odell Beckham Jr., like just really like 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 chiseled guy, like just Instagram. Guy. Get, like, yeah, exactly. Like one of those guys. And like, so she's just one of those things. I remember when they first got to the thing in Malibu, she was like sex immediately. Like, she's like, I just got to get one out of the way. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, she's like, yeah, I can't risk anything like about of losing that. So <laughs> that was, she was, was so funny. fucking hot. Like she was straight up yeah. digmatized. And then even, um, at the, uh, at the pool party, though, the editors were pretty mean because I remember at the pool party, they kept showing her eating and then they would cut to, like, Raven looking <laughs> hot in a swimsuit. I like, they, they, they did that to a lot of the girls, actually. Every girl except Raven. Like, with Raven, they just try to make her look really superficial and, like, all she cares about is doing Pilates. But all the other chicks, like, even Colleen, there was a scene where she said, you know, I'm really self-conscious about my nose. Like, you know, don't shoot me from the side. And then they fucking cut to a side profile shot of her <laughs> with, like, her hook nose. It's like, come on, guys. Like. Again, <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, give it's these rough. girls a break. Um, yeah. And then <clears throat> at the pool party, like, Bartice makes a pass at Raven, which was really funny because he's obviously used to getting kind of any chick that he wants out in the real world. And she's like, nah, man, like, you don't have any substance, basically. Like, I'm not into it. And then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, nah, cool. But he, he's like, he goes clearly bent, and I'm like, all right. Like that's when I really started to like. Uh, what's really when I started really liking Raven because she goes yeah, through same. like quite the thing. And then you know, with Bartice, did you notice that when she did uh, take him to her house and he realized that she had like investment properties and stuff, and she's like, oh, I'm really looking for a man that we can you know grow our you know finances together and you know like you know take on the world and you know be really successful. He's kind of like, oh, he like gets a bit interested. Like, oh, is the money worth it? Like. 
could I do it for the money? Like, he's sort of having that little bit of a battle. Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe we can be rich together. I didn't think that was that big of a deal. I'd be like, yeah, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't know. You, you know, you have to know when you're in a reality show, these people are going to have some kind of baggage. They're going to have some kind of thing like that. At least it's assets, you know? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Look at. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was kind of making a big deal about it because I remember Raven had that too which that didn't really come back up on uh for s when her relationship with sk right when he would bartice was seeing raven in the pods if i'm not mistaken didn't raven say she had like kind of like a gold digger husband past or like a gold digger. oh yeah i forgot about that no they they gloss right over that because i'm like sk did that never came up with sk but you or at least to our eyes and uh like bartice was dealing with that with both the the women he was way mulling over so and raven sounded way more sketch it sounded way more like he gave this to me so you know like uh we gotta keep it or else we lose it type thing yeah raven's definitely a girl that's used to being like flewed out you know like oh yeah and i like a big plane emoji on her instagram yeah yeah, totally and i reckon with raven too i bet in person she looks even like way more stunning because actually i went to a I was in Sydney the other week and I went to this, you know, Z-list um, Halloween party. It was like, you know, a media thing and all these like reality stars there. And I was saying, I think on my Patreon, how all these reality stars that I'd watched on like dating shows here in Australia that I'm like, oh yeah, you know, they're kind of cute, but they're not like amazing. In person, everyone looks like 10 fucking times better, like so much hotter. Like even the girls that looked like a little chunky on TV, like in person, they're like smaller. So I bet Raven is like a real knockout in person. And then uh, with Bartice, when he was trying to make an issue about yeah, Nancy having like an investment property with her ex, that was either he either came up with that himself because he was trying to find reasons to bounce because she wasn't really giving him any reasons to like say no. So he's like, fuck, when I say no at the end of this, because I don't want to fucking marry her, I've got to have like some reasons. Or maybe the producers said to him like, oh, are you concerned about that? And he's like, oh, um, yeah, yeah, I am. Like he was, he did not give a shit. Like yeah. he, he was just I, I, that on for TV. I, I was really annoyed by him for, for pretty much the entire time up until the Nancy's brother situation happened at the wedding. Cause Nancy's brother, my thing is with Nancy, it's like you have, your brother is an awful human being. Like, I just, I just want people to know that Nancy's brother who makes the entire thing about him as though him and Bartice are getting married. You know what I mean? Dude, like, I was, like, no, I, I disagree. I was totally on his fucking side. Oh, look, so what were? happens? Yes. Okay. So what happens? People that haven't seen it, they get married. He says no, obviously, cause he never wanted, he just wanted to be on TV. She was digmatized and said yes. And like, so ready for it. And she has this full on, Mexican fan like her mother is um like a like a bounty hunter or a bail bondsman or something and even when they have the meet the family segment the mom's like you know I deal with criminals like I can tell if someone's lying to me like straight like giving him like death stares across the table and um then her whole Mexican family goes like El Chapo on him when he says no and <laughs> I was totally on their side I'm like fuck Bartice up it's true however the brother didn't want them to get married in the first place so like he's just like but then you you broke my sister's heart it's like it's a tv show man they're not gonna want them to make the decision beforehand it's a tv show like that's that's my he knew yeah he knew bartice was full of shit like he clocked it straight you remember he's like i i don't want to be right the mom's like you were right i don't want to be right though that's the thing i don't want to be right that's the thing sick of being so Um, smart eh? like yeah yeah. Yeah. so crazy Oh no! I loved. I love when her family went gangster on him because, like, it's entertaining. Yeah, yeah. She was like, she was, um, 
Like, she was a fucking dumbass for chasing after him and being so desperate in the first place, for sure. But, like, at the end of the day, like, she wanted to get married. Like, she was serious about it. And he played her the whole time. And it was funny because before they said I do, um, he was crying and stuff and he they try to make out like oh, I'm crying because I actually love her and this is hard but I'm like now nah, he's crying because he realizes how deep in it she is and he's yeah. gonna have to fucking like dump her and he feels like shit because he's like fuck mm-hmm. now it's like you know it was all a tv yep. show and then he realized at that point like this is what I'm gonna like break her heart on tv it was fucked yeah oh no totally totally you know she um she messed up at the reunion because uh she should have come to the reunion looking like hot as hell because Zeneb comes looking like really good. Like Zeneb's, I think, had some fillers and some her hair done. Zeneb looked great. And Nancy looked like JLo's mother. I mean, like, she aged herself like 40 years at that reunion. Nancy showed up with like this bright red lipstick and like blonde highlights. I'm like, this is not the, you meant to look like revenge body and you look like <laughs> yeah. 80. Um, all right, Raven and SK, they were awesome. Raven's like a, a Pilates instructor. SK's this Nigerian guy, and uh, he's one of the older guys on the show. And Raven, for sure, gets, like, the worst edit at the start. Like, they make her just look like she's this superficial, like, nothing's going on. All she cares about is working out, like... um they had this one scene at the start, which was pretty amazing, when Bartice is opening up about, like, family trauma and she's, like, working out in the pod the whole time, like, doing Pilates yeah. and shit. I, lo- I love that. And then, or then she's, like, really meticulously applying, like, guacamole to a chip one time. Like, like just I think it was when somebody else was talking to her. And I get that because, like, I'm one of those people, like, if I get, like, a little stressed out, I got to kind of just move around a little bit when someone's talking to me. Like, if I'm on a phone in the house having, like, a heavy phone conversation, I'll walk through, like, my entire house, like, 80 times. I think that's what I think that's what it was, but I don't know. I don't know. You know I what I think I it was? Was um, I feel like, because now I put, like, at the time you go, man, she's like a monster. And then um, because she did it with Bartice, I'm like, she, and you see that she's a smart girl by the end of it. You know, and she got a bad edit. I'm like, she probably knew this guy was fucking full of shit. Like, she doesn't, I'm sure that if SK was giving her, like, someone she has a real connection with is um, telling her something personal, she's not going to be sitting there doing, like, squats. But I just feel like with Bartice, it's just, she knows, like, a she knows a guy that's full of shit. You know what I mean? Like, she knows how to separate guys like that because that's her life. Like, being a hot girl, you know that. So that's kind of, um, where I felt like she was going with that. But that was, like, amazing TV. And then she gets with SK. They kind of seem like the worst match at the start. Like, they have no chemistry. They seem to have nothing in common. Like, even other couples are commenting on it. They're like, man, you know, SK and Raven, like, they don't even, like, sit next to each other. They're on, like, opposite ends of the couch. And then um, they slowly start to to develop something and – I really loved watching their relationship unfold because, like, I know it's a dumb reality show, but, like, you want to get invested in mm-hmm. the couples. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, they're, they're taking it seriously. Like, they're, like, this is the experiment and they're, like, really, like, taking the time of, like, let's get to know each other and, like, grow something instead of, you know, like, in today with dating today, it's, like, the whole tinderfication of dating of, like, you know, swipe, swipe, swipe. Like, if someone has one thing wrong with them, I'm out, man. And they were like, let's really like work on this. So I, yeah, I really liked watching them. 
I respect uh, Raven a lot, only because, um, again, you see her on the thumbnail. She's got that menacing smile on the Netflix thumbnail where it's like, I'm wrecking this episode, you know, and she's got the the, the look of somebody that would wreck like a show. You think she's going to be Shayna from last year, right? Like you think that or last season, I should say uh, you think she's going to be that. Now, uh, one thing I've always noticed about people who are still trying to find like the one now is that they believe they're the finished product and not the person that they're dating. Um I don't think that's the case with Raven. I think she actually was like, oh, no, like some of this like cultural stuff could like be kind of cool, you know, like some of this, you know, I, I might be tough. I'm kind of the Whole Foods girl, no price tags, like whatever, you know, like Sugar Daddy left me, you know, $3,000 to shop with this week. Like, you know, that, a lot of that in her brain, but she's like, but I, I understand that, like, I can't do that forever. You know, or or at least not be happy in doing so. So she'd under, she'd understood that. Now he kind of thought he was the finished product a little bit, although he's still going to school. So it's like you're you're not, you know. And I don't yeah, understand totally. going to like to like Berkeley. Like, why do you have to go to Berkeley in your 30s? Like, just get some regular degree in Texas. I don't understand the going to Berkeley in your 30s. Like, as a Nigerian guy, it didn't make any sense to me. But yeah, um, totally. But I was like, I liked that she was still open to it. She wasn't like, oh hell, totally. no. she was kind of like, all right, like. She as long as it's work. going somewhere, as long as this is going somewhere, and it's like you're doing this because you're gonna, we're gonna have a more financially stable future. Like I can ride it out. <laughs> and she knows how to stay busy. I mean, she she should stay busy. Like she's one of those people that just seems like she's always got like something to do, something to um, lift or something. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, totally. Like, and I like yeah, her. Just, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was gonna say I. She was very open about the financials as well of, like, this is what I expect. Like, I expect a guy to be paying, like, half of my rent, even if he's not living with me, you know. But she laid it out there. And um, some people probably think, man, that looks like a gold digger. But I'm like, no, it's just a – she's just honest. Hot girls can totally ask for that. Like, totally. there's nothing wrong Every with that. Time. People like to go, you know, gold digger, this and that. If you're hot and young, you're a hot commodity and you can ask for whatever the fuck you want from a relationship financially or otherwise. Yeah, and just the fact that you you know not only can you get it, you've gotten it already a couple times. So why you know why not go back to the well a few more times? And um, you know the the thing with SK, I was just I, I just. I could tell that he wasn't going to be like a guy with any hobbies. And maybe she liked that at the beginning where she's like, well, I can turn him into a Pilates master because he doesn't like anything. He's just like sandals and t- computers, you know, for now. Like he's he's not into anything. So maybe I can turn maybe a blank canvas. I can I can show him a few things and then we can have the same interests. And it's clear with like some of the plot. He's like, this ain't for me. This is for women, you know, in his head. That was kind of where you could tell he was thinking that way. I liked his family. I I thought that they were coming off a little strong. It's like your son's 34 and unmarried. And that's like kind of rare for you guys. Like you guys kind of maybe need to bend some of the cultural elements of it a little bit. Like to maybe have your son start giving you some kids, you know, like yeah. so you, you can tell but that's a big deal. They're, they're, poly- they're polygamists, were they not? Like, they, we oh, yeah, he's, his dad was a polygamist. Yeah, yeah. Where is he, by the way? Is he dead? Or I, I, I would have liked to say that. To, yeah, that would have been sick because we were trying to figure out is that, is that wife number two there? Is that a sister? Like, we were oh, I didn't even think out. of that. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, we were thinking point. those were the wives. Like it was all just a big network, like the HBO Big Love series. Like I was thinking it was like something, something like that. It was cool, uh, like to see that. But I wanted, I was like, Ooh, let's go into the polygamy. Come on, like let's go into yeah. it. Like, because yeah, that would have scared me away. I'm surprised I didn't scare Raven away, like at all. I know, yeah, like, she's pretty open-minded. Like, I yeah. think they were open. I mean, look, Nigerian families are, like, pretty conservative. So, the fact they were, like, we'll come... Because some of the Christian families wouldn't go on the show. So, the fact the Nigerians were, like, mm-hmm. we'll accept, you know, Raven. Like, I think they 
But I mean, even though they were like, you've got to cook stew for your man and have stew in the house and humble yourself in front of your man, they were still like involving themselves in it. And, you know, I was thinking about Raven and SK. I've known some Nigerian women and like they're very strong, like they're very strong Mm -hmm. personalities. They're very clear about what they like and what they don't like and they don't take any bullshit. And um, to some people watching, they probably think Raven is... You know, she's too full on, but like he probably likes that. Like, cause it's probably that mm-hmm. it's, she probably has some Nigerian energy just with how like clear she is about what she wants and expects. Yeah, totally. I, I, I actually thought the, I mean, in, in, in the reunion, they're still kind of like seeing each other hooking up. Yeah, a they're bit, still you know? together. So, so it's still, I mean, that, that's still on the table. I, I think, like for me, I, I understand why that couldn't happen in a couple of months. Like, cause they had to, that was, I know Brennan had to do the, their cultural thing seemed contrived as far as their cultural differences. Brennan and uh, I'm sorry, her name. Alex, yeah. uh, Alex or Alexa. Yeah. Alex. Yeah. Yeah. That seemed a little contrived. Like this was a real cultural barrier um, where, I mean, like, you know, you have like a, a she, Raven's like biracial, right? So she's like biracial and, and then you have just straight up Nigerian and even just like a hundred percent African American and Nigerian culture that doesn't always mesh well. Like, and if you see that in the U S like there's like some real divide uh, there and I could see why that wouldn't have worked out in a warp speed process and i could see why even like a year from now i could see them getting married and be like you know what like i'm done with school finally let's just do it you know like and i'm rooting for that i mean i cried i I cried when she was crying in the um in the dressing room after he said genuine yeah i i was shocked at how kind of like genuine she was like it what didn't seem like you know just like i said like a stepford wife thing like which is what you would think um and and I was I was very wrong about her. I she ended up kind of coming off as the best one. I think on yeah, the show, like easy. as far as she like, was yeah, a, yeah, she was the best person from yeah. That but the editors were so good. Like they really. They were really able to take you on like a character journey with them they in a way good. that didn't feel like completely fake. Like it, like it, I don't know, it just worked out. And then last couple, Cole and Zeneb, they were the stars of the show to me. Um, yeah. Cole, oh yeah. <laughs> They were incredible. Um, Cole's a realtor. He's about like twenty six on the show. I think Zeneb's about thirty one. They make um <clears throat> they make Cole look like this cheeky playboy at the start. Like really, Im- I mean, he's immature. But um, then they reveal that he's been married before, and as soon as they did that, I'm like, oh, he's Christian. And then the next scene, you find out he's like full on super Christian. And so's Zeneb. He turns down um. Colleen because she's not serious enough um, about finding a relationship, even though she's more his type. And like, right. I don't know. He's like, a, he's such a fucking man child. Like he's so immature, but I laughed every time he was on screen, especially when they were together as a couple. And you know how he would make like stupid voices whenever they were together. He was always like doing some <laughs> like yeah, ADD kind of like thing really rough you understand why like because he's a good looking guy like there's no way like i i do think he was like one of those guys that would really struggle like around chicks by being so good looking because when you're that good looking you can approach women they're like sure yeah why not why not and then you he probably blows it every single time and it's just tough like i could i could see why it could be tough for him yeah but you know the thing with his looks right and this is what I really noticed. Like, Xana put him up on this pedestal, too, of, like, man, he's so good-looking, et cetera. But, like, when you get into it, he's really just, like, this dorky Christian. Like, I went through his Instagram and looked at his own. Like, I don't think he's the hot shot that people think he is. Like, yes, he's very good-looking, but I think he's just kind of, like, a bit a of nerd. a dork. Yeah, he's, he's just- a nerd. No, you can see that. He, you can tell, like, I, if, I, I, on his Instagram, were there any child pictures on there? 
No, probably not. Um, like, I would have, oh, I can't remember, but it was like he did not look cool. Like he did not look. I like could see the, him with like, like a, a medieval sword, like Renaissance fair guy. He like, wasn't probably. that bad. He's like out fishing and stuff, but he just is like oh. a country, just a Dallas Christian dude. That's like interesting. He Boy was Scout, not like a Boy Scout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He wasn't like a man about town, like on the scene. You know, like I mean, you Got saw it. his apartment. His apartment was a fucking dump. Like it was disgusting. It was yeah. like he had like gnats in the toilet. Yeah, that was crazy. He um he's a he was interesting because that was the one now again the editors do a great job because you really ping pong back and forth between who's wrong and who's right in this relationship because now Cole is Yeah, his parents weren't involved, like his parents didn't want to get involved, which I found very odd because like if you're that Christian, like spur of the moment marriage ain't that crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, true. That's that's like 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 that's all I mean it look, I'm not saying that's how they do it, but like it has happened in history, you know? So uh, I fear that his mom would just like text him like Bible verses and stuff. It's like, oh, you can't make it like, and uh, you know, so that was a bit tough. And then Zanab's parents no longer with them, even though she has a wonderful stepmother who just seemed like the really just lovely woman. Um, and I liked, you know, her real stoic stepdad. Like they see, she seemed like she at least had that safety net for her. Uh, but the whole dynamic of them in the house together cooking she was so mean to him cooking that just let him make you a fucking average meal like below average chicken scene do it just do it the chicken scene she's like look at this unseasoned white people chicken and then he's like oh let me season it she goes that's it doesn't need any you know and just oh come on just let him make you a random college man meal and just get it's the thought that counts you can cook for the rest of the relationship no problem right which again it's never about that it's always the things leading up to that and then that's the breaking point but uh that scene is legendary they had a um they had like a mother son relationship really cuz she was this passive aggressive nagger he was the total brat and yeah like like you said you go back and forth with them the whole time because it goes from like man she's you know she needs to cut him some slack like why is she such a fucking nag to them him just being like so fucking annoying and you're like well anyone would get annoyed around him like of course of course she's nagging if he can't even like flush a toilet you know <laughs> right no for his house is indef- indefensible but at the end of the day like I, look i i'm my wife cooks and cleans and and the house is clean to her standard you know for the most part like she's the one she's got to stay the say in that now that being said if cole is one of those like super neat freak organized guys but it's not to her level then that could also be bad you know like you kind of just have to like set that routine just be like this is what we do we go here you know he he was unpacking once and she's like is this where this goes and he's like can i just unpack like like it was a really on on edge stuff so you know she at the wedding right at, at the at the uh at the vow ceremony she's she just take just tears him down like it just it, killed it hurt. It felt it, it's savage, but it felt so opportunistic. It felt like she really wanted to be an abuse victim this entire time. Like she, he, he did not abuse her. That it just, I'm sorry. Like the whole like thing at the reunion, she's gonna take her tangerine. Like oh, the tangerine stuff. It was all. There's no footage of any of this, by the way. That the yes, there is, and you missed it. Is okay, it? So, so they did say it at the end. Oh, so they said it at the end. Okay. Uh, Let me tell good. you all what right. you missed because you you missed one of like if okay, you think yeah. that the chicken scene was good, the fucking tangerine unaired footage that they we'll play watch it is like we'll watch it. I'll watch it for sure. Is some like next level shit. So yeah, they get to they get to the wedding, and then she fucking she says no. She just obliterates him to the point where it's like. 
even if you felt this way, you don't need to go like this fucking hard at it. it like, was this is crazy. like this is some TV shit. It was like and he ben even Shapiro says Shapiro getting divorced with somebody. It was like like it was insane. Yeah, <laughs> it was so f- it was so full on. Like when Deep D did it in season two, I was like, yeah, fuck mm-hmm. yeah, because like you know Shake yeah. kind of deserved it at that. Well, like I knew Deep D was doing a TV thing too because now I've followed her on Instagram and she's such a fame whore. And I don't think that you watched the um, season two. They do this like reunion thing where it's like a year later and they all come back and they hang out together in a house and. That shit was. Oh, that no, was re- I didn't. You should have watched that. It's really good. I mean, go back okay. and watch that too after the altar. It's juicy. But um, she comes on with this fake relationship with Kyle, the one that was pretending he liked Shayna. And I'm just like, oh, she's just a fucking fame whore. Right. But um, at the reunion, because I know you didn't finish the whole reunion. So f- first they snitch him out. I know you saw the part where they said that yeah, he was texting another girl, which now I don't even know if that happened. And then as it goes on, she goes on to this yeah the whole thing about that if you cut me down and um you told me that i couldn't eat these oranges um like uh, i could have destroyed you you know you're so lucky that they didn't show that like they protected you like so hard and then did you see when he started crying at the reunion a little bit yeah yeah he was he, he was tearing up yeah yeah well he oh he starts bawling like at one point oh like, okay no i did well, not yeah. oh he has a full breakdown and he's like apologizing okay. he's like i'm so sorry if i destroyed your self-esteem like i'm not that guy i can't believe it you know i love you and i don't even know what happened because <clears throat> you know i thought we were getting married and then you just like destroyed me up there and then i was telling my friends like i thought you were going to text me and say that yo it was just a tv thing like we're good and then you didn't and then we haven't talked and i just don't know what happened full on like a breakdown and then oh yeah i did see that part where oh, he's like why didn't you text me yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i did see that and then um <clears throat> and he's like cr- crying his eyes out and then at they wrap up like the finale thing and then um <laughs> They wrap it up and then they they come and they had this five minute like vignette at the end and it's just like basically like raw unedited footage like the camera's even at sort of like a weird angle and she's in there with the oranges and he's just like he's just yapping on about he's really excited about their wedding and she's from England and he's going like oh how can we get to England so we can you know um, have a wedding ceremony ceremony with all of your family like you know is it hard to get everyone together like how big is England I hear the flights are cheap like he's just going on and on about it it's like kind of annoying and she's being like passive aggressive but he's just excited you know like how a kid would be he he acts like he's acting like a child basically that's you know excited about Christmas coming or something and she's being kind of passive aggressive which I understand because I don't like people that just talk for the sake of talking, you know, that don't shut the fuck up. And that's what he was doing. And she's like, yeah, you really talk a lot, but she's being a big bitch. And then she's she's undoing like a little, unpeeling an orange or this little mandarin. And then he's like, um, oh, are you going to eat that? He's like, oh, you should save your appetite because we're going out for like, you know, a really big steak tonight. And she's like, Yes, I am. All I've eaten is a banana and peanut butter. Because at the reunion, did you see where she said that she was? She said she said I would. She was like getting to like a Karen Carpenter level of like anorexia, where she's like, I had to eat peanut butter to stand up. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know if I have her side on that one. I don't know. I don't think she was like. I was so beaten down that like you know I was so self conscious. All I could eat was you know a teaspoon of peanut butter and one bite of a banana just to have like the strength to get through filming. And that's like he starts crying and stuff after that. And then when she says that to him in this scene, um, he's like, really? Why have you only eaten that? And he's like, I offered you a Poke Bowl this morning. And then she's like, well, we had a Poke Bowl last night and I, like, didn't want to And And he's like, oh. And then then he's like, oh, yeah, well, we're going out, you know, for 
if that's all you're going to eat. And he's like, oh, are you just trying to get like wedding dress ready or something? And she's like, something like that. And so it was completely harmless. And he had offered her food earlier in the day. And like, my thing with her, like, when you watch this scene, seriously, they should nominate this scene for an Emmy. And it's so fucking raw. Like, it says so much about relationships. And it's also, it's like, you don't see shit like that on reality TV anymore because it is so produced. And just this, like, five-minute unedited, like, scene of them having a conversation is, like, so, so amazing. But I don't think she's, like, calculated in that she's purposely trying to lie to make him look shit. I just think she's so fucking insecure that she just takes everything as, as like, a microaggression or as an insult on her. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, she's had some losses in, in life. She clearly has some image issues, which is funny because my wife and I were like, she's an attractive woman. Like, it's not, there's no, like, I, I can't imagine, like, you know, like, really hating yourself that much. But you never know. I mean, it's it's a, it's a thing for women. But, like, I, I felt a very, like, I am a survivor vibe of her. And it's like, I'm a survivor of Cole. It's like, he's a, just a, a baby is all he is. Like, you weren't. Yeah, he's just a not, man child. Yeah, he's a man child. And it's like, he was right. Cole said, why did you let it get so far? You should have just dumped my ass, like in a performative way, like you did at the wedding ceremony anyways. So it almost felt like she was like baiting out those like things, realizing that she was dealing with a child and being like, okay, let's, let's just constantly egg this on, egg this on. And then I'll drop a bomb on him at the wedding, which I, again, people are aware now in, in 30 years of reality TV or whatever, you know, like it's, it's where they're aware of it now where of what their situation is. Straight up. But I do think that, like, even though she did try to have a moment and she was, like, too brutal, I don't think she's as calculating as other reality stars where it's just fully, like, an act. Like, I really think she is this. Like, I really think this is how she's interpreting what's happening to her. Like, I don't think that she's making it up on purpose. And I just think that, like, she needs therapy. I mean, I was, like, on her side with a lot of things. I can even relate to, like, I mean, I've never gone to- down to eating a fucking teaspoon of peanut butter and a banana. But definitely, like, if you're dating someone or you're chatting to someone or whatever that is better looking than you or you, like, perceive them to be better looking, you definitely are feeling more self-conscious about, like, oh, shit, I shouldn't eat that or better make sure, you know, maybe normally you would have skipped the gym on Tuesday. Oh, I'm not skipping the gym now. Like, you kind of feel that. And then that can bring out your insecurities. And then even when she was, like, a fucking nag, I don't know, some some stuff she did, I'm like, I would be like that too. Like, if I have some mm. man baby that just, like, won't shut the fuck up and is doing, like, it gets funny to watch when he's doing, like, stupid voices and stuff, but if I'm oh, having 24-7 of him, like, doing, not flushing the toilet and doing voices and, and, and all of that, like, I probably would start, like, being a bit of a nag too, so... I don't know, right, man. and again, like, like I don't. This was a my my takedown of her is more reunion to me is like the reunion. Like you're still, you know, and then like yeah. you know, Raven jumps in and you she dropped all the technical university terms like you body shamed her, gaslit her, and all this. It's like <laughs> he's a child, but she's a, he's a kid. Like the guy, the guy doesn't even know what that is. You know, like he's not. This is I didn't get the idea that Cole was doing this from like a scheming man thing he was I just, just thought, he was just very he, that's sensitive. him that's him you know that's him and and you see why again i he's a handsome guy why he's single you understand it it's it's can be understood within the first episode um and, and really and he was like, brutally just, honest 
He was brutally yeah. honest to a point where, like, he needs to have a little bit more tact. Like, you don't need to be, yeah. you know, he was just too honest at times. Like, I think he said that Zenit right. was a 9 out of 10. Dude, just say she's a 10 out of 10 and the hottest thing you've ever seen. Don't it's say funny. she's a 9 out of 10. You know what? My my wife had a really funny take about that because I said the same thing. I'm like, dude, you don't do the 9. Like, she's not going to understand what an A- minus is, like, in this situation. <laughs> like, 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 don't do that. But she said, well, you invited, like, you asked the question, like, expecting an answer and that you that is always going to be an issue. And I'm like, to me, though, as the guy, it's like, nah, you, you, you as long as you're, you, it's 10 out of 10. You know what I mean? Well, it's a setup. Like, like so- even if they, if they ask you the question, it, people, you've got to, when you are grown, you understand that, you understand when people want honesty and you understand when people want to hear a certain thing. Yeah. Like, sure. And- Affirmation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you can understand the difference. And Cole was too immature to get that. And the nine, Zenob- yeah. <laughs> the n- nine feels so much more harmful than even eight. I don't even know why. I don't know why nine like is almost just like there. you're almost there. Yeah, yeah, like like I would, you know, like that's how he's like. He's- <laughs> That's like how he said. He's like, nah, you know, a couple beers, you know, like it was just like, like he was just kind of like that. It was just that. That was that was one of the better scenes of the show, and I was like, oh, you just like that. And Bartice talking about how like how Raven was a smoke show to Nancy. Those my two, some of my two favorite ones. And then, like, later, Nancy gets the term wrong and says smoke house like a barbecue restaurant, which she's thinking about food again, you know? And, like, <laughs> so, so that, those are some of my favorite moments of that. And yeah, the Cole, the Cole and Zanob thing is just top tier, top tier television. And I will watch I that scene. I, I'm glad to know I was right that it was, like, probably not that big of a deal. The yeah, tangerine oh, stuff. Yeah. I mean, they, that whole, that whole scene fucking changes everything. Cause really, at the reunion, though, when, when he starts crying and apologizing, I, started being like oh i think i am team zenob because i'm like you know he must have done all these things if he's apologizing but he actually just got i mean they gaslit him like it's actually the definition of the get like they made him because the guys didn't stick out the guys were on his ass too i was like come on Come on, dude. Like, even like, Bartice like, wasn't yeah, really exactly. like, because Bartice was a dickhead on there too. So you think the, the two dickheads would like stick together, but right. nah. Like, and yeah. I felt like, um, because I was thinking about that. And because SK was still with Raven, I think he thought, you know, Raven's on her right. side. So I'm not going to go against my girl. You know, it's like, well, couples- Brennan's snitched. Brennan oh. snitched for the strip. I lost so much. That's, that's, him. that's how that happened. I, I can see it in my head. I saw the entire dynamic like happen. I said, Brennan snitched because he's like real silent. He's like, mm-hmm, making more faces. <laughs> and like, Alexis clearly like, I, I heard it from somebody. It's like, you heard it from the guy that was there. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And, and by the way, Alexa had, penis in her face the entire time at the strip club no big deal though oh you know she, what i mean like she has such fucking double standards and i knew yeah, that, that when, when they did the bachelorette party i knew raven was not going to get down with the with yeah. the strippers she doesn't knew straight that. away and she didn't yeah. yeah and she was like yeah, she mm, nah like this this is not for me um all right i'm just gonna wrap up um i just okay. want to ask you a question about Nick from last season, uh, I follow him on Instagram still. He's always making his own toothpaste and <laughs> yeah, and yeah. body lotion. He's very granola. You know, he had um Saga on his podcast. Crazy. So yeah, uh, rising was, from the yeah, yeah, from yeah, rising. I was like, man, this is so funny. Um you're into a lot of this granola stuff too. I've I follow you on Instagram. You were posting about some like different toothpaste and stuff. I mean, are we are we using the wrong product? Like what are we doing wrong? Are we being like poisoned by our shampoo? Uh, okay. I, here's my thing. I'm always, I'm always, uh, 
teetering on like how hard do I go with this? Like, cause I do truly feel better using these other things. Like I will say like head and shoulders, there's a movie called Evolution. If you use head and shoulders, I have a lot of dandruff, so I do need like heavy duty nuclear shit to put on my hair. Um, but head and shoulders was used to put out a monster in a movie because it contained a bunch of sulfur in it, like in this movie called Evolution with David Duchovny back in the early two thousands. But if you look up the it's real, like that stuff is like legit. I mean, like try to like literally smell head and shoulders. It's like I shouldn't be rubbing this into the my scalp, you know, like your scalp, a lot of stuff goes through there. So, okay, again, is that if you're eating healthy, eating right, and using that, like it's all about how many things do you want? Can you make these small improvements at? I use a company called Risewell Toothpaste. I'm not sponsored by them. People think I'm sponsored. I'm not. I would love to. They almost they liked one of my posts, but we're getting there. But uh, I was put on um, dental health. Like I think is really important. Which you know for me, I, I think it's fluoride free dental health. There are ways to get naturally occurring min- minerals, uh, which Risewell does, called uh, hydroxapatite. That is something that whitens your teeth. Like my teeth are okay. You know, like they they yeah, you got they. Thanks. Yeah, and I and I floss, I floss religiously with non-fluoride floss picks. Um, I do think fluoride's all bad. I do think that. Uh, um, I, I feel weird. I, this is why your show's so great. It's like it's like reality TV, and then it's like, hey, the poison time. You know, I'm like, uh, <laughs> hopefully, I look. Look, guys, like, I'm glad you conveniently had this at the end of the episode. I don't want to, like, freak people out. I'm not, like, a weird, no, it's like, fine. insane Go for person. It. I mean, I person. ran yeah. that. I mm. got told off because I was going on a political rant the other day, and I right, do fucking right. like, COVID okay. stuff still. Good. I still do Good. my COVID rants. Like, I can't help it. Exactly. All I'm saying is think about the things you do every single day, right? The things you do every single day, can they get better? Right. And can they get better? And you wonder why we've accepted things like cancer, heart disease as just, like, the end of our life. You know, we've just decided like that, especially in America. I don't know how it is in Australia, but like in America, we've pretty much decided like you're either going to get a ha- cancer or a bunch of heart attacks and you just hope they happen in your sleep. Like we just kind of hope that happens at, towards the end of our life. And if we don't get those things, we want to just take medication constantly in the giant pill box to get through that. Now, I tend to think that things that you ingest, right, can be the most carcinogenic and most uh, um, toxic to your body. So I will say, check out Risewell Toothpaste. They do a really good job. It's like really good. It's just a wild mint. It's like you could even swallow it if you wanted to. Um, that's another thing about toothpaste. Like you sh- if you can brush your teeth with it, you should be able to swallow it. Like I feel like, like I just, I don't yeah, know. True, it's, but- it just, it's just one of these things like where I, I just, it's, if I'm rubbing it into certain parts of my body, I should be able to like ingest it. Right. And I, um, so I do think about that. Uh, I, think there's a stigma about those people being insane but there's just a lot of people that do have these kind of things that are scared to talk about it for like kind of poison pill situation oh well um, post covid i'm <clears throat> my whole mindset shifted because then yeah. when i saw how they lied about that i'm like oh so everything's a lie like <laughs> what else are they taught what else are they you know yeah. exactly not everything not everything's a psyop but a lot of things are that's why that's what i'll say like um listen to rare candy if you want more i you'll hear way more unhinged parts about that i don't want to i hate i'm really scared when i go on people's podcasts and i'm like that where we're talking about about something and i'm like well i don't i want to be mindful of like not just like tinfoil hatting you know oh yeah i get i mean i get self-conscious about that. i've had to learn from doing the podcast for a while like just to not give a shit like just to say more and more what i want to say and because like at first you're like god how are they going to perceive that because even in my space with like um you know in the reality and pop culture podcasts and stuff i'm considered like like so you know fucking like a nazi or some shit you know just right 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 right. i'm not like because it's very like woke so then you feel self-conscious about it but then i'm like fucking whatever i'm just gonna say what i want even you saying about the cancer thing like was one last thing because olivia newton john died recently and um yeah yeah and i was thinking like she was huge into the the holistic stuff like i think she still did traditional medicine as well i think she did a mixture of both but 
man, she had cancer for a long fucking time and she hung on for a really long time and she was obviously she had a lot of resources and money, but like she was doing like a lot of holistic stuff. Yeah, and she uh, she had her own weed farm, absolute queen. She uh, yeah. she was um, she was sick for a long time. And one thing she's in a documentary series called The Truth About Cancer, which like I, I've only seen it on physical media so far. You have to like get it off Amazon because it's been wiped from a lot of oh. stuff. But she's a part of it. And I think one of her big things is she did chemotherapy early. But one of the warnings of chemotherapy is that like there's a huge recurrence. Uh, aspect to chemotherapy whether you believe it in it or not there's a likelihood you're going to get it's going to come back and um, that was why she moved on to more like holistic stuff and look again it's also okay like to you know it, she died it's not like she lost right like to me it's like she hung on for a long time she had a quality of life she looked good up until her death like she was um, she's just a real nice person too like yes, and right I, I, I think it's important that for people who are trying to sell these type of lifestyles like be normal and be accessible don't be like insane like Moses with the Ten Commandments on top of the mat like yeah. don't you're not that person like be accessible talk about love is blind with somebody and then at the end talk about how you can strengthen your dental health without fluoride like talk about these things like you know it's it's be accessible with these people and she was so good at that right because she's a name from Greece like and let's get physical and like all the other hit singles that she had like just all the, all this stuff um so she's yeah she's wonderful and i think it's important for the holistic people it's it's not all just why don't people believe us it's you're not selling it well enough so um, yeah no I, I agree with that big time and you know when she died um when she died i went off on this on the pod some um one of the mainstream like our basically our version of jezebel it's called mama mia in australia they like did a story about her and then like right as she did like a day after she's dead from cancer and they're like um she had dangerous um views about um holistic medicine and she wasn't vaccinated and like we should just make sure that like you know even though we honor her memory like she wasn't vaccinated and i'm like dude she like literally just dropped dead and you're like having a fucking go at her for like not getting the covid jab like yeah they they can never yeah they're so opportunistic about things like they're they love to uh make them like a like kind of do a passive aggressive like well we love her but we separate the art from the artist you know like this (laughs) this whole thing it's like yeah there's always these disclaimers and it's like look at the end of the day she lived a life that she wanted to live you know like we never know when we're gonna go it can be sudden as hell and um for her it was it was long and, and drawn out um her daughter still does a lot of wonderful work in that in that community and stuff and it's like you know i I have nothing but respect for her and the fact that she was. Oh, you should try to get a daughter on the pod. Try get Chloe on Ray Candy. I'm gonna have to. She seems cool. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so I, I would, I would, I, I gotta, I gotta find a way. Yeah, I absolutely would love that. And um, yeah, no, I, again, uh, appreciate you for not, you know, for doing what you do because it's again, we need more people to be accessible, take mediums that people, everybody enjoys, and kind of, you know, just subtly put our our messages in there. Slip and I think it that's in. how you do. That's how the, that's how the psyops work. So why can't we do them? That's how I. Yeah. Feel, <laughs> you know, like it's true. Yeah, it's talk- how it works. Yeah, yeah. Don't be so yeah, on the guys. Nose, listen guys. to. Rare candy, <laughs> but although you did have some, you did have a guest on last time. I'm like, I love the story, but I'm like, this is bullshit. You had, <laughs> you had some guy on that was saying about he was talking to some woman that thinks she had like um chips implanted in her head. That's a careful, crazy man. story, but I'm like, be careful, be careful. I'm just saying, I look, even he, even he's like, I had to vet it a couple times. I, uh, uh, J- I will say, hey man, if Jeremy's wrong, Jeremy's wrong. If Jeremy's running with a story that's fake. 
Just saying, I just uh, you guys. I feel like she was because these people were saying that there was this woman that was contacting them that said she had like implants in her head and stuff. And then, <laughs> like when they would try to do a story on it, weird things would happen where they felt like one journalist thought that someone was trying to like poison her or something. So then she wouldn't touch the story. I feel like this woman that is um going up is like. <laughs> Roping you in and then she's like making shit happen in your house. Like I feel like totally. she's behind it. No, all. Like, and, that's and, the and plot again, twist. And again, Jeremy's a good friend of our program. He has still has a little tingling of that. I mean, you were having too, fun you know? with it. You weren't like yeah. you weren't like this has happened. You guys no just, like, no no no. Like, he, he wanted story. to he wanted to put it out there to just be like, hey, like has anybody else had this? You know, because like if it, if it's true, if I start hearing other people, you know, again, I don't want to, you know, I want to make it like a Me Too situation, but like there could be some some areas where you know gang stalking and things like that. <laughs> there, there's there's stories out there, guys. But yeah, I agree. Even Jeremy, who told that story, is like, hey, I even I don't know, but we'll see. You know, so it was a good I think story, he'll, he'll he should investigate it a little more. She should come on the pod. And, you know, um, maybe something <laughs> will happen where she can't because. You know, are you gonna wait? Are you actually yeah. gonna try get her on the pod? I, I will, I, I will, I will. So, yeah, thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. <laughs>